So the way that parents treat you when you're five or eight or 10 should not be the same way that they treat you when you're 15 or 17 or 16. I think the word that I really, really resonate with when I think of teenagers is angst. You know, that teenager's angst. It's like this really um, upset. And I, you know, I'm angry at somebody. I could like pick up something and I could just want to throw it at them. You might think, oh my God, that guy's so immature. You're going to have a lot of intense emotions. My mom today, who seems like she's so put together, I imagine when she was 15, because it oftentimes as a teenager, it feels like this is just endless. Or as, as an adult, you need to experience emotions. So Welcome to yet another episode of our podcast series, Mental Health Matters with Dr. Aisha Sneja. Hey everyone, welcome to Anon Streams. I am Prisha Sinhwani, your host for the day and a volunteer here at Anon Global Foundation. Today, we'll have all our curious questions and doubts about confusing emotions we experience as teenagers cleared by none other than Dr. Aisha Sineja. Dr. Aisha Suneja has an experience of 15 years as an integrative psychologist in the United States. She has worked with adolescents, adults, couples, and families presenting with various issues including depression, anxiety, alcohol and drug addiction, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Her areas of focus include facilitating psychoeducational groups, teaching mindfulness and meditation, acceptance and commitment therapy, and transpersonal healing. Welcome to Non-Streams, Nam. It's an honor to have this opportunity to speak to you. Oh, thank you so much, Prisha. It's an absolute honor for me to be here. How do you feel today, Mom? I feel really good. I'm actually excited about the topic and excited to speak with you and get some of your perspective about um, the topic that we have today. So yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you. I'm excited to have my doubts cleared here. <laughs> to commence, I'd like to present a short write-up I wrote in my poetry book. I'm here but lost. I'm happy but it costs. I'm forgetting but it's hard to pretend. I'm behaving but it's easy to suspend. Just stay calm, you got this. I hear them say. But I guess there's absolutely no harm staying in the dark abyss. I'm not the only one who's lost a bliss. I have companions here. They too are a mess. So much to worry about. Even wine stains wash easier than distress. I'm here but lost. We teenagers always have different phases going on. It's like we feel too much all at once, causing a chaos of emotions. I feel like throughout the teenage years, we're all there, but we also feel simultaneously lost all the time. On most days, I don't know how I feel and what I want. Why do we feel such confusing emotions? So I wanted to start by just saying that was a beautiful poem. I think it really just kind of encapsulated uh, a teenage teenager's experience, right? From the highs, the lows, the emotions. Um, I think the word that I really, really resonate with when I think of teenagers is angst. You know, that teenager's angst. It's like this... Uh, and you explained it beautifully in the poem. It's like you, you can feel amazing and happy one moment and then you can be have like this, you can feel, you know, depression or you can feel really sad or you can feel 
uh, stressed and anxious or angry and irritable, like all of these like just volcano of emotions happening all at once. So I guess your question was, why is this happening? And um, I think the best way for me to understand it is that it's really happening on three different levels, right? We have like the uh, biological level where there's hormones that are being released. If you think of like, you know, there's a part of your brain, the limbic system, and part of that is something we call the hypothalamus. And that's actually sending signals to the pituitary gland to release hormones. So testosterone, estrogen um, is being released and you are going through all of these different experiences because your body is getting ready for you to become um, you know, a young adult, you're actually going through puberty. So you're going to be experiencing different, uh, you know, feelings of uh, highs and lows and all these different emotional experiences because of all the hormones that are being released in your body. Um, the second reason why you might be experiencing different changes or all these emotions is going to be environmental. So if you think about you as a teen, um, what's going on as far as like your relationships, you might be having uh, feelings of romantic relationships, a desire for romance or even desire for intimacy, because all these biological changes are having you experience things that are very different from when you were a child. And then um, there's also a sense of wanting to belong, to fit in to, you know, your friends and peers a lot more than when you were a child. You probably want to spend more time with your friends than your parents. And so that whole idea of fitting in and belonging and, you know, maybe not being able to have the kind of friendships or relationships that you desire, that can create a lot of different emotional angst. And then finally, you just think about like psychologically, like your own personality, you know, who you are as a person, how that is changing and trying to understand all of these changes, who you were as a child and what you wanted. And now that you're a teenager and a young adult, your desires, your thoughts could be completely different. So we're going to talk a little bit more about each of these, but those are really the main reasons. It's biology, it's environment, and then it's your own psychological personality. I'm in complete awe of how all these things have been connected. I could never think of it. <laughs> uh, I wrote the write-up when I was 15. So does this happen with everyone during that age? Or is there something like, yeah, does it happen with everyone? Yeah, actually, it does happen with everyone. It is very, I think, difficult for us to look at our parents and think, they also gone through this because we we can't even picture that right we just think like there's no way they can understand what we're going through but if you ask you know your parents or maybe even your grandparents um or aunts or family members you know if, if they could actually go back to their teenage years and remember they'll probably realize that a lot of us feel like that i remember like for example for me if i go back to my teenage years what I remember is I was unreasonable, I was unhappy, I was angry, I was, uh, I think, I think the word my mom probably used was like out of control. And so I felt a lot of guilt, like, why did I do these things? Why did I overreact? Why couldn't I control my emotions? Why was I, I even said once, I thought, why was I so like disrespectful or rude to my mom? So I, I, I carry that. And then I remember, you know, a therapist once said to me, I said, um, 
I, I remember getting really upset and arguing with my mom. And she said, oh, so you were a typical teenager. And it took years and years of guilt that I'd been living with, probably decades of guilt. And it just melted because it made me realize, oh, we all go through it. My mom today, who seems like she's so put together, I imagine when she was 15, I imagine she also went through it because again, it's a biological thing that nobody escapes, right? The onset is obviously different, 10 to 13. So that's a big gap if you think about it. So puberty starts from 10 to 13. So some 10 year olds are experiencing and then some 13 year olds are experiencing it. So yes, the onset is different. The age that it starts and even kind of tapers off can be different, but I would say majority of people, everybody goes through it. Why not special here? Uh, around what age do we stop having these confusions if there's a timeline or something? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really good to know that there is a timeline, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, this is not going to happen forever. Because it oftentimes as a teenager, it feels like this is just endless, or how will I get through it? So if you think about what's really happening, we touched a little bit on the limbic system, that part of your brain, we can even call it the reptilian part of your brain, because it's your ancient brain, it's your older brain. So that part of the brain, that limbic system has something in it. It's, it's like a part, it's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is your emotional center. So what's happening is that as you're becoming a teenager and you're going through all these hormonal changes, your amygdala, there's a lot more white matter and a lot less gray matter in the amygdala or the limbic system, which basically means your emotions are going to be heightened right? This is a part of you that is, as, as an adult, you need to experience emotions. So you're going to have a lot of intense emotions because the amygdala, the emotional center is really beginning to develop very, very quickly. It's a lot of rapid growth in that limbic system. Now there's another part of your brain we call the prefrontal cortex, and that is the more rational, reasonable, thinking about future consequences, impulse control. So that, that's a higher level of functioning part of your brain, which does not develop fully in women to the age of 24 and in men until the age of 26. So now let's think about gender. You know, we often hear women being a lot more mature sometimes, especially as teenagers, right? You might think, oh my God, that guy's so immature because you might be the same age in the same class, but why? Because the brain actually takes longer for men to develop that part of their brain than it does us for us women. So to answer your question, yes, it will finally be over because Although you have all these emotions that are being, you know, like they're just growing and they're just so intense right now, it's not because anything's wrong with you. It's because the part of your brain that is supposed to then logically deal with the emotions hasn't developed yet. So you have one thing that's so intense and the thing that's supposed to regulate it isn't available. So I'll give you an example. If I get really um, upset and I, you know, I'm angry at somebody, I could like pick up something and I could just want to throw it at them. Right. And a lot of times, you know, I remember as a teenager, one of the things I'm the most ashamed of and embarrassed about is that I got into a fight with my sister and I picked up 
my curling iron because she made fun of my hair. You know, she said something like, or something. So I was so hurt and so angry and so volatile because I was a teenager. I picked up my curling iron and I threw it at her. And of course, you know, she moved and it hit the wall, but the whole house, my mom was upset. My dad was upset. I got punished. I was in trouble. I was just, you know, like you're, you're, you're out of control. You're so angry. You're but the me's, this is wrong. You can't act this way. Now, the reason that I did it is because when we're angry as adults and we pick up something to throw it, the prefrontal cortex says, if you throw this, there's going to be consequences. That's going to affect your life. If you throw it at a stranger, you might get arrested. You might go to jail. If you do it in school, you might get suspended. You might get expelled. If you do it at home, you're gonna. there's going to be punishment. So as an adult, we have that impulse control, rational, logical brain that says, I want to do it, but put it down because it's going to create a lot of problems in your life. That's an adult brain. A teenage brain, you pick it up. You want to do it, you just throw it. So risky behavior, lack of impulse control, you know, that's why teenagers, you know, we think about things like, you know, unprotected sex or experimenting with drugs or alcohol. You know, it's not that they're not smart or they don't know better. It's that the part of the brain that regulates their impulses hasn't developed. So by the age of 24 to 26, and the brain is fully developed in the prefrontal cortex, regulating emotions is going to be so much easier. It's just going to feel like much more like something that you have in your control. Uh, so what from what you said, I got that. I mean, I experienced the confused emotion things, but there might be people my, my age who experience like anger, you said. Uh, and so everybody has something different that, you know, unko karta hai that during this age. Absolutely. Uh, all different emotions. And that's so dependent on your personality. You know, some people, when they're irritable, they get, they go to anger and they lash out. Some people shut down and become quiet. Some people go into depression. Some people get anxious. So we all have, that's the personality piece, how we all relate to our emotions and our environment. What was, you know, what did you see? What was modeled to you? You know, what was allowed, what was not allowed. Those are the emotions that we're going to be able to either express or not. And then how can we find clarity during such thoughts and, you know, phases? How to get out, out of the dark tunnel? Yeah. So I think the first thing that I would do, which I did an experience when I was a teenager, I just thought something's wrong with me. And it was never normalized to me. So I think the first thing, this is so wonderful that you are doing this podcast and getting people to understand what they're going through as teenagers, like what a gift for them to understand, like, yeah, it's not just me. And, you know, you mentioned this in your poem, it's not me, like all the people like the, you know, my age people, they also experience it. So then there's some comfort there because we're starting to realize it's not just me. So Think about the world today and how it was, you know, and like my generation or even my mom's generation, your family, your parents, grandparents' generation. At that time, we had very few people that we would really communicate with. It might be a few people in our family, a few people in our classroom or in our community. But today, 
we have access to the entire world because of social media, right? So in one way, it's really good because we can relate and we can say, oh, it's not just me. I'm not alone in this. But in another way, it can be really problematic because, you know, when I was growing up, there was a few people I would compete with, right? Maybe my sister or maybe somebody in my class, I would compete and feel like, oh, she's better or smarter or prettier. And I'd feel bad about myself. Well, now teenagers... <laughs> We're, you're comparing with the entire world and the majority of it isn't even real. Social media is so much of it is fake. So just what you go through. And then so many of us as teenagers, like you might, you might open up to a friend how you feel, but on social media, everyone wants to look good. Everyone wants to present themselves in a way that's positive. So then do we look at other people and think, well, they look great they're doing so good. What's wrong with me? How come I'm struggling with this? And so the first thing that I would want you to hear is, let's normalize this. This is true for all teenagers are struggling at this time. So how do we find clarity? Well, we realize this is temporary. We realize there's nothing wrong with us because there's something called, you know, like pain, right? You are experiencing all of these confusing emotions and it's creating maybe some pain or some grief or some confusion in you. Then there's something we call dirty pain. And the dirty pain is now you're going to judge yourself or criticize yourself because of what you're going through. And that's what we can remove. That would be the clarity. It would say, oh, I'm experiencing these changes. How do I in this, like in this experience, how do I talk nicely to myself? How do I say to myself, oh, this is temporary. Everybody goes through it at your age. This is normal. Nothing's wrong with you. And you know what? It'll get better. So just a little bit of that compassion and kindness to yourself and not judging or being so harsh with yourself. So just start noticing that the way out is to go in and realize how am I speaking? What is the tone? What are the words that I use? Um, to talk to myself. And if that's critical, it's going to create more pain. If it's kinder and more compassionate, I think it'll give you a little bit of um, a little bit like space to move out of it and have a little bit more clarity that it's not something that you're doing wrong or it's not forever. So well, what you said in the start about the social media thing, uh, that reminded me of this quote I read in a book. Uh, it was like, we'd never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. We'd never really know what's happening with someone. Oh, beautiful quote. Makes so much sense, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, how can people around us, like our parents, our teachers, maybe elder siblings or cousins, help us during such phases? Or really, I mean, can they help us out of this quicksand? Yeah, I think so. I think that whenever I talk to parents of teens, the first thing that I'll notice is that they're very, the parents are very, very concerned. And that concern creates this energy of, you know, something's wrong. Something's wrong with them. How do we get them out of this? They should change their mood. They should feel better. They should be grateful. They have so much. I do so. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. That is not at all what your teenagers need. What they need is they're moving towards independence. 
they're moving, their, their, their bodies are changing, their thoughts are changing, they're becoming more self-reliant and independent. Are they gonna be able to make the best decisions? Probably not, but why? Because that part of their brain isn't fully developed. So let's give them some balance, right? We give them roots and the roots are, I'm always here for you. If you need me, I'm here. I know you're growing up. So the way that parents treat you when you're five or eight or 10 should not be the same way that they treat you when you're 15 or 17 or 16, because you're not a child anymore, but you're not an adult. It's a very strange place, right? You're not a child. You're not an adult. You're in between. So if they can give you some roots, meaning I trust you. You know, I, 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 I'm here for you. If you need to talk to me, I'm here, but give you a little bit of wings, right? That freedom that I know you'll make good decisions. And if you don't, if you make a mistake, you can come back because I'm always going to be here for you. So it's really going to be, I'm always asking parents, you know, you, you raised your children. Well, can you trust them? And can you back off? Because the more you are invading their privacy and being on top of them and micromanaging them, giving them advice, that's a big one, giving them advice, the more they're going to shut down, they're going to move away and they're going to, they're going to confide in their friends. So, you know, you have to let them go for a little while. And I always say, they'll come back. They'll come back at their, you know, in their young 20s and mid 20s, they'll come back and they'll have a better relationship with you. But for now, don't give them advice, give them empathy, understand them, you know, try to understand what they're going through and go back to your teenage years and think about, you know, were you confused? Were you not clear? Were you uh, highly emotional? Did things make you cry? Did things make you angry? And, and then relate from that perspective. And if you can't remember your teenage years, right, if there's anybody in your family, then just, you know, find a way to just relate as an emotional being and say, I too experience these emotions and I'm here for you. I, I get you. I understand. Um, I know this is hard. And then let them have their own experience because um, they're individuating. They're becoming their own person. They have to find their identity. And I think the worst thing uh, sometimes parents do is they'll, they'll want to micromanage who they become and you can't. They're, they're, they, they need Teenagers need to form their own identity separate from their parents in order to have a healthy adult life. And so parents or, or you know, teachers or siblings, cousins, um, I want them to look inward and work on their own control and anxiety instead of trying to control their young teens. I don't know if that helps, but... <laughs> That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, is it possible to build this clarity from childhood or maybe do something to balance out these feelings during the teenage? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. But I think what happens is that in childhood, the biological aspect is actually not there. So in childhood, we have, you know, right? there's this innocence in childhood and we want to preserve that innocence. So we allow children, if you've noticed, children actually are a lot more free to be themselves. 
the younger you are, the less, you know, anxiety or thoughts you have about how other how others perceive you. And, and it's really, it happens in teenage years. It doesn't happen in childhood, doesn't happen in adulthood. We call it the teenage audience, which basically means that if you are a teenager and you have a pimple, the, it, there's like this, um, I guess it's like this, you know, you're, you're so egocentric as a teenager, which is a part of the process that you think, and everyone's noticing the pimple, everybody can see it. And, you know, if you're an adult, you'll say, well, no one's, not everyone's going to care. As a child, you don't even care if you have 10 pimples usually because you're so free and must and you have no issue. So the teenager has that issue that everyone sees it. Everyone is noticing me. Everyone sees my flaws. So in childhood, that hasn't happened yet. So a part of that we can preserve is allow them, allowing our children to be free and to have that kind of experience. And once those hormones are released, that's what really makes the changes happen and impacts us. So I don't know if we can really start in childhood to make those changes happen. But what we can do in childhood is we can start preparing our children and saying, you know, this is a beautiful stage that you're in. And one day you're going to be in this stage. And even that stage is beautiful. It might feel different. It might feel like you're out of control. It might feel like your emotions are everywhere. But you know what? It's just a part of growing up. It's a process everyone goes through. So even when you go through that, just remember, I'm going to be here for you and help you through the process. So it won't be such a shock for them. It'll be more of like a preventative measure that says, you know, this is something that I don't have to worry about. This is not something that's going to be shocking because, you know, it's like if you went somewhere for the first time in your car and you're driving and you don't know where you're going, you don't know the traffic, you don't know the roads, you don't know how to get there, you don't know how long it's going to take. It's going to possibly when you when you take that first drive, it'll create some anxiety or stress. But if you have your parents have taken you down that road several times and explained it to you and you've mentally visualized it and you've even dealt with kind of some of the maybe fears or anxieties about driving this road. Once you finally get there, you're going to feel a lot more prepared. So I think your question is great because maybe the next step for us is how do we prepare children for this time so that they don't find it to be so shocking and so, um, you know, distressing when they actually go through it. Um, this is kind of off topic, I guess, but in the start, you said that uh, children, you know, young children do not think that much about uh, how they look or how they uh, sound to others. I am... I have a habit of going to children in my school and just talking randomly like random things and it's very fun they give the most interesting answers and uh, I once uh, talked to this young girl and she was like you I guess her peers told her that she's fat or something and she wasn't even eating stuff at canteen that the school gave so I guess children do think sometimes like that they do like when they're said told these things they do even children do overthink like that you're absolutely right you know we used to think that 
eating disorders started in teen years. We would typically see 12, 13 year olds starting with um, eating disorders at that age, but now we're seeing eating disorders starting at the age of seven or eight. And so, and it's usually because of the impact, again, the world has become, we get information in a second before children were a lot more sheltered and guarded. And so now it's it's the comparison and the competition starts at such a young age that they are being they're growing up a lot faster, being influenced a lot faster. So we you're you're absolutely right. We're seeing that shift and that innocence, unfortunately, instead of lasting till teenage year, it's starting in that tweens, right? The tweens are eight to thirteen, is that before teenage is the tween. And the tweens are the ones that are actually more susceptible to the media's influence than even teenagers because they're so innocent and we don't even think about protecting them because we just think oh they're children but they are the ones that actually if you think about the marketing companies they're targeting those that age group the tweens because they're so vulnerable to um other people and media and how to you know how they want to present themselves so Great point. It was really informative for me. It also like it was really fun. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. It was an honor to have you here. Uh, it was very informative. I I personally enjoyed talking to you. Would you like to add any closing remarks for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much. Thank you for your kind words, and thank you because I really enjoyed the conversation with you as well. You're so just wonderful, intelligent, bright, and just, I love the way that you would, you know, understand and explain your perspective. And um, I'm very grateful that you're bringing up this topic and having young people uh, have a voice um, and, and really start to understand themselves uh, better. So thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you so much. And with that listeners, we come to an end. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked the podcast and are interested in similar topics, do consider following Anon Global Foundation on all social media platforms. We'll be, we'll be back with another podcast very soon. Until then, stay safe and stay tuned.